Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, the automobile industry is undergoing a dramatic transformation from new technologies to new ways of buying a vehicle. In the midst of it all, Auto Trader is out with their list of the best new cars of 2023. We'll take a closer look. Also this morning for National Nutrition Month in March, the Hancock County OSU Extension has tips on fueling for the future, fueling our bodies, that is. And happening around town, into the unknown. We get a preview of the 47th annual Silver Blades Ice Classic Show. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Monday, March 13th, 2023. Did you catch the Oscars last night? Um, I know a lot of folks, you know, the Oscars have kind of lost their luster over the year, but uh, over the years, I watched a little bit of it uh, last night. The uh, financial wonks at WalletHub have crunched some some of the numbers about the Academy Awards this year and just how much money uh, is spent. The uh, total cost for the Oscars ceremony, calculated to be $56.6 million, is spent nearly the better part of $57 million to pat themselves on the back. Um, believe it or not, it costs... As much as, and that was the cost of the ceremony, putting on the ceremony. Um, For the attendees, they sunk a lot more money into it. It can cost as much as $10 million, they say, to dress an A-list actress for the ceremony. It's the women that everybody really pays attention to. The guys get off uh, easy. Wear a tuxedo, and you're pretty much done with it. But for the ladies, of course, you have to... uh, Really gussy it up. Uh, beautiful gallon, gown, of course, all the bling that they showcase on the uh, on the red carpet. Most of that is loner stuff, all of the jewelry and all of that. But still, $10 million to uh, outfit an A-list actress for the ceremony. Uh, by the way, it wasn't a red carpet this year. It was a champagne color carpet. Uh, first time since what I think 1961 that the red carpet wasn't red, um, so that's kind of interesting. The uh, carpet alone, they say, cost twenty four thousand seven hundred dollars, <laughs> according to Wallet Hub. That's for fifty thousand square feet of uh, carpet that takes six hundred hours to install the thirty rolls of carpet that they lay out uh, for the pre. Uh, pre-event uh, uh, ceremony, the red car- walk on the red carpet. Furthermore, they say Hollywood studios spend $100 million lobbying to get their movies nominated. And um, if you wanted to go to the big after party, the famous Vanity Fair after party after the Oscars, they're still, I think they're still celebrating in Hollywood. Uh, a pair of tickets for that famous Vanity Fair after party costs 80 grand. And it's just amazing. That is wow. And now now you know why it costs so much to go to the movies. That's um you know, we gripe about the cost of popcorn at the uh, theater and here they're spending 10 million dollars just to get dressed. Oscars. I did not hear uh, about the swag bags uh, this year. Every year the uh, all of the nominees get uh, a goodie bag full of all kinds of 
I mean, it's worth like $100,000 with all of the free gifts and, and everything they get. I did not uh, hear any of the numbers on that. I'll have to uh, dig into it a little more. Anyway, in case you uh, watched the uh, Oscars last night, some of the other uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Monday morning started as you're just getting up, getting ready to start your work week. Consider this. We always have to have something to worry about. Are you worried about artificial intelligence taking your job? A new study from Princeton, NYU, and uh, University of Pennsylvania have revealed a list of jobs that are most exposed to advances in AI. That's how they that's how they put it. The most exposed to advances in AI. In other words, the jobs that are most likely to be lost to artificial intelligence. Jobs that will need to incorporate the new technology include telemarketers. <laughs> so all of those uh, opportunities in telemarketing are going to go away. That's not such a bad thing after all when you really think about it. We have fewer telemarketers. That doesn't mean we'll get fewer telemarketing calls. If anything, we may get more because it'll all be automated. But uh, anyway, uh, English language teachers, they say, could be replaced by AI. Oh, man. Uh, We go on and on about that alone. Foreign language teachers could be replaced by AI. History teachers, school psychologists, and, are you ready for this, judges. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know, what do you think uh, about uh, the idea of going before a robot judge? Well, that's just a little disconcerting, isn't it? The idea that uh, a uh, robot might pass judgment on you if you were ever uh, in court? I don't know. Your next phone call with customer support could be uh, supported by a bot, they say. Human telemarketers could benefit from language modeling being used to augment their work. According to the study, one might imagine that human telemarketers are substituted with language modeling-enabled bots. So, there you go. Uh, That's uh, what we're worried. So, if you're uh, just waking up for work, you work in any of those fields, I think your days may be numbered. And happy Monday to you. By the way, speaking of uh, work... This is kind of interesting with the number of people who are working from home, and we are not working from home today. Uh, I'm actually uh, in the studio here at Lake Cascades, but uh, as you're aware, uh, we occasionally uh, originate the program from the home studio, from the bunker on those days when I just don't feel like coming in. (laughs) Today, I was particularly motivated, so we're here, Um, but... With the number of people who are working from home these days, your next home might have a Zoom room. Architects say they are now designing new homes specifically with remote workers in mind, um, including areas specifically for uh, working remotely and uh, that are optimized for those Zoom meetings. According to Zillow, offices were mentioned in 11.5% of of, uh, home listings in February of 2023, up from 4.5% the year before. So many more people are looking for offices. That is a a big selling point. Homes that specifically mention a Zoom room can sell for 
nearly 2% more and six days faster than houses that do not mention Zoom rooms. It's becoming a must-have essential for today's home shoppers and increasingly a standard feature in new construction, according to Amanda Pendleton from Zillow. Um, One home consultant, Andrea Valeria, even had a local artist paint a mural that she could sit in front of during virtual calls, painted a mural on the wall in her home just to make her Zoom meetings more aesthetically pleasing. She said it was the first thing that she did in her new home, even before she went out and got a refrigerator or a washer-dryer. She had the mural painted, so it's priorities, priorities, priorities. Kind of interesting. Becoming such a uh, big deal. Uh, Although, you know, during the uh, pandemic, there were a lot of people who moved uh, out of the cities. There was this big exodus from the cities, crowded cities, and out into the country. Uh, People wanting more room, more space. Uh, They didn't want to be, a lot of people decided they didn't want to be living on top of each other. Kind of the pandemic mindset there. But then also driven by the fact that you didn't have to commute to work every day and uh, you could get out into the country, work remotely, have more room, and maybe a larger home that would have an office, a Zoom room, and so on. So how's that working out for those folks who who moved during the pandemic? Well, not so well. Three out of four Americans said that they have regrets about relocating last year, according to a recent survey by HomeBay. Just under half of the respondents said that they cried at some point during the move. Now, this is not just people who were moving because of the pandemic and, you know, uh, to work from home and, and all of this incorporates uh, everybody who, who moved within the last year. But three out of four say they uh, regret it. Some of the biggest regrets that they have include unexpected costs, the hassle of moving, missing items that were lost in the move, or simply not liking their new home as much as they did their old home. This was a survey of 1,000 people who relocated in 2022, but the number one regret was actually a tie between not moving to a bigger place and missing the previous home. Uh, 20% of those in the survey cited those two regret one of or both of those two regrets missing your previous home and regretting not moving to a bigger place oh that's i just thought that was uh, that was kind of interesting and uh, lastly among the first things you need to know this morning the big story over the weekend everybody was talking about the collapse of silicon valley bank which was kind of an atm for uh, tech startups and uh, and all of that uh, went belly up. It uh, collapsed late last week. What on on Friday sent the sent the stock market stock market reeling and uh, raised fears of other banks failing and and so on. Um, there were a lot of big tech names that uh, had money in Silicon Valley Bank, and some of those uh, tech companies now worried about making payroll. Although the government says they're going to reopen the uh, the bank, depositors will have access to their money. But uh, I have a feeling that you know some of those 
institutional or some of those uh, corporate uh, depositors um, might be in for some. I don't know how all of that works. So, but it's not just affecting those high tech millionaires and billionaires in the in the tech industry in Silicon Valley. It is having a ripple effect on small business owners and moms who use Etsy to sell their uh, homemade crafts and and uh, and goods. The commerce site known for crafty, unique purchases informed its shop owners on Friday that deposits would be delayed, uh, their sales deposits, because of recent developments regarding Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, Amber Fields, uh, who lives in Kentucky, so about as far away from Silicon Valley as you can get, said, uh, I, I could be in trouble here. I'm a mom of three. I run a small business on Etsy. Her shop, Little Miss Lovely Creations, sells stickers and shirts and drinkware. And he's, and she says, this is how I feed my family and pay my bills. And now they're telling me that I may not be uh, getting my payments for the goods that I've sold. Uh, another user said she can't pay her mortgage because of the hold on Etsy payments. Uh, for their part, the company says they have been working around the clock to implement a solution. And we expect to pay sellers via, via our other payment partners within the next several business days. So hopefully this won't uh, take long to get resolved. This uh, could have a ripple effect, not just for the uh, tech industry itself, but for everyday folks. Kind of interesting. There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Monday morning started. This is ONN. I'm Kate Burdett on the Ohio News Network. Leaders continue to check in on East Palestine several weeks after the toxic Norfolk Southern train derailment. More from ONN's Tracy Townsend. Today, U.S. Senator J.D. Vance will be back there. He visited the town last month, two weeks after the derailment. Contaminated soil still being removed from the derailment site. The leader of the National Transportation Safety Board says she's planning to visit East Palestine at the end of the month. NTSB Chair Jennifer Homendy sat down with our CBS affiliate in Pittsburgh and laid out why the agency is breaking routine by taking its investigation into the community. To really uh, hear about what could have prevented this in the first place and what could prevent it from reoccurring. I'm Tracy Townsend. Near Columbus, an urgent search for a missing four-year-old boy ended last night, and that child is safe. Bryant Somerville with affiliate WBNS-TV reports. He was reported missing from Whitehall. Police say he was taken while playing in the front yard of his father's home. An Amber Alert was issued, and an hour later, he was found in Columbus with his mother. In Columbus, Bryant Somerville. And Everything Everywhere All at Once was everywhere at the Oscars last night. The film won seven Academy Awards in all, including Best Picture. Michelle Yeoh took home the Oscar for Best Actress, becoming the first Asian woman to win that category. The film also gave Jamie Lee Curtis her first Oscar for Supporting Actress. I'm Kate Burdett on the Ohio News Network. Well, this could be a pivotal year for the automobile industry. Think about it. Not only is it a critical year of recovery from the pandemic, but there have never been more uh, choices available to car buyers between new high-tech features, expanded selection of hybrids, more fully electric vehicles, even new ways of buying a vehicle. Auto Trader Executive Editor Brian Moody is with us this morning with their list of the best new cars of 2023. Brian, which vehicles topped the best new cars list this year? 
Well, we have a list of 11 cars this year, and they include cars like the new Acura Integra, but also the new Chevrolet Corvette Z06. That's a good one. We think that's an excellent performance car and a lot of bang for the buck, even though it is an expensive car. We also like the Genesis GV60. That's an all-electric small SUV. Genesis is really hitting everything they do out of the park. Every Genesis we've driven, we just can't stop talking about how great of a car it is, whether it's the G90 sedan or this all-electric GV60. Do yourself a favor, and if you're in the market, go drive a Genesis. The Honda CRV is on our list as well, and we also like the Hyundai Palisade. That's a midsize three-row SUV. The Kia Sportage is more of a normal car, but affordable, $26,000, $27,000, and you can get it as a gasoline-powered car as a hybrid or as a plug-in hybrid. Hmm. We also like the new Nissan Z. That's got 400 horsepower, a twin-turbo V6, and a manual transmission. So I like a, that one quite a bit. So a lot there to like for just about any interest, whatever uh, buyers are, are looking for. What are some of the factors that determine which vehicles made the cut for the best new car list? Right. We drive the cars and we score them on different criteria, things like interior comfort, road noise, ride and handling, um, acceleration, value, expected reliability, um, you know, safety features on the base model. So it's, of course, you can point to the $45,000 XL two point whatever and say, oh, look at all the safety features. Yeah, but the people who are buying the base model should also get great safety features as well. Mm -hmm. And then we also look at things like how complicated is it to operate the features? Is the touch screen too clunky? Is it slow? How do I pair my phone? Does Apple CarPlay work right? All those types of things. Um, as we mentioned, not only are vehicles themselves changing, uh, and, and in some cases really dramatically, whether it's uh, the features, the technology, the powertrains, you know, all of that, but the way we buy vehicles is changing as well. What, uh, what tips would you have for buying a vehicle in 2023? Yeah, do, do a lot of your research online before you go down there. Also, know your credit score. That way, you know what to expect. Credit score affects things like financing and incentives. So if you see advertising for incentives or rebates or low APR online or on the radio, that's for people who have excellent credit. Know those things ahead of time. And also, know the kind of car that you're looking for. Don't just show up or don't just start clicking around randomly. Know what your needs are. If you don't need to tow, maybe you don't need a full-size SUV. Mm-hmm. One of the effects that the pandemic and the ensuing chip shortage had on this industry was that fewer vehicles are being produced for dealer stock. There was this shift in emphasis to consumers ordering vehicles and then waiting for them to be built and delivered from the factory. Are we ever going to go back to that more vehicles on the lot? Or is this, you think, a permanent change? I think it'll be a middle ground. I think that some dealerships and some of the large dealership groups are starting to realize, hey, we're spending a lot of money on real estate. Do we really need to do that? Yeah. Or can people wait two to three to four weeks and order the car they want? I think it's going to be, you know, in some cases in big cities, it's going to be to their advantage to have, you know, a bunch of different Chevy pickups on the lot of all different colors and cab configurations. But in some cases, maybe not. So I think it will kind of settle into a middle ground with that. 
And the same with incentives. I mean, you mentioned uh, incentives that there are some that are still out there, but I can't remember the last time that I heard an ad touting, you know, those big, huge rebates, $1,500, $2,000 or more that we used to see on vehicles all the time. Uh, Are the days of uh, huge discounts a thing of the past? Uh, not necessarily. It's just going to be so selective model by model and brand by brand. So you're right. For a long time, there haven't been hardly anything like that. And now they're starting to come back a little bit. Um, so as those things start to creep in, you know, it's usually like a, a subsidized lease or maybe low APR. There's mm-hmm. no big, you know, $3,000 cash back. That's not really a thing right now. But uh, there are some incentives, and knowing which ones you qualify for and don't qualify for is going to be a very big help to yeah, the average consumer. No question. And uh, certainly, I think part of that uh, goes hand-in-hand hand with what we were talking about with respect to uh, dealer inventory. If there's less old stock uh, on a dealer's lot, the less uh, of a uh, an incentive they need to move said old inventory. So Yes, that's true. Um, I think what, what you said before, what, when we don't just order a bunch of cars and hope for the best, that's mm. going to help that somewhat. Because if you think about it this way, from the manufacturer's point of view, why do I want to see advertisements on how my car has to be so discounted, like as if it's some sort of like lesser thing? Sure. I think if it's a desirable item, and most of them are, then let's treat it as such. It also, uh, however, emphasizes what we were saying earlier about, you know, knowing what you want or need going in because these decisions are going to be that much more uh, important uh, moving forward because you, you know you you definitely don't want to make them make a mistake or, or uh, not be sure of yourself when you're shopping yes that's true it's a forty thousand dollar decision so make sure that you take the proper time and treat it as if it treat it as if it what it is it's a big financial transaction. Treat it like that. You wouldn't show up to a bank for, to buy a house and go, oh, I don't know. Uh, let's just look, let's just look inside for a second. No, you want to look at it thoroughly yeah. and do lots of research. It's a big purchase. Treat it like such. Auto Trader Executive Editor Brian Moody with us uh, this morning. Their uh, best new cars uh, list is out for 2023. And where do we find that online on your website, right? Yes, you can go to autotrader.com slash best dash cars, and that will give you a list of the articles, and that one's at the top, and you'll be able to see the greatest, our, our opinion, best cars for 2023. Whether you realize it or not, March is National Nutrition Month, and in recognition of that, the Hancock County OSU Extension has some tips on fueling for the future, uh, fueling our bodies, uh, that is. And uh, Jennifer Little, uh, Family and Consumer Sciences uh, Educator for the Hancock County OSU Extension with us this morning. Good morning, Jennifer. Good, Good morning, Chris. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So uh, you've got a number of things uh, going on in, <clears throat> and just some general tips, some general thoughts on fueling for the future. That's kind of the theme for National Nutrition Month. Yes, yes, Chris. Um, National Nutrition Month is a celebration that was started by um, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, which is a national organization of registered dietitians, of which I am one. Mm -hmm. And um, we have, this is a month to kind of highlight nutrition and what a big impact it pays in our lives. And we think about 
our bodies needing fuel, just like cars need fuel. And mm. so nutrition is that fuel that we provide ourselves and how we take care of our bodies. Nutrition is a big part of that. And uh, there are good ways, there are bad ways to uh, fuel our bodies. Yes, yes. Of course, um, you know, when it comes to the, the types of um, nutrients that we have in our bodies, we have that our bodies need. We have energy, which comes in the form of you know, carbohydrates, um, protein, which is what our body is made out of, all of our cells. Um, of course, we have water, fluid. Our body is you know, 70% water. We think about all of the liquids that our bodies are made up of, blood and tissue and all that things. Um, my, vitamins and minerals are very, very important. And we think about feeling our future, what we put in our bodies. We want to focus on those nutrient-dense foods, foods that have a lot a bang for the buck, per se. You know, we're going to get some of those calories in the form of, you know, energy in the form of calories, but we also, along with that, want to get some of those vitamins and minerals that we need. Um, and along with that, there's actually, um, you know, scientists over the years have classified certain vitamins and minerals that our bodies need, but there are also substances called phytochemicals. When we consider um, fruits and vegetables and those bright colors that um, that they are, you know, You've heard about eating the rainbow. Eating the rainbow. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> yes. that's that's the kind of uh, turn of phrase yeah, that those, has become very popular. Those substances in the fruits and vegetables that give them those vibrant colors are also very beneficial to our own bodies, too. They serve as antioxidants, which um, help fight things like free radicals, which, which help um, our bodies defend against things that we are exposed to every day, things that help age our bodies, things that um, – things that um, ex- expose our bodies to things that we, you know, they can't deal with. So when we are fueling our bodies, it's important to remember to include plenty of fruits and vegetables. Um, And there should be fruits and vegetables at every single meal of the day, if Mm -hmm. possible. And that's, so when we're, again, when we think about the term fueling for the future, we're not only thinking about the energy and nutrients that we need for today, but we're also talking about disease prevention. Yeah. I, it was interesting. I read a piece, uh, in the in the news, I think it was a week or two ago uh, about eating the right fruits and vegetables. The you know what what are the right ones to eat uh, and when and so on. And the and the advice was really simple. I thought this was uh, really cool. Just eat what's in season. Yes. Period. I, I mean, <clears throat> it, you know, Mother Nature is amazing. She <laughs> gives us what we need in the season that we need it. And if you just go by the seasons. You know, that's a, a pretty good rule of thumb. That is that is very important to think about. And that was one of the um, things that's kind of highlighted this year in um, National Nutrition Month when we're talking mm-hmm. about feeling for the future. We're also thinking about um, the environment around us. And yeah. when we when we are accessing foods, you know, fresh from the garden or, or grown locally, you know, it is picked at the peak amount of, you know, it's peaked ripeness. Right. And we are yeah. able to eat that. If you are getting foods that are not in season, they are picked way before they're ripe. Mm-hmm. They're shipped, you know, hundreds of miles. Right. And they arrive and they've already, you know, they've they've kind of lost some of that benefit and mm-hmm. they are not, again, they haven't had that time to ripen in the field and get all of those, build those powerhouse yeah. of nutrients that we would benefit from from eating that. Yeah, so- in, in <clears throat> our, uh, the supermarkets today, you can, you can go and get a lot of things just about any time of the year, but, Again, finding those things that are in season and focusing on those uh, throughout the years. And not only are they going to be a little bit more nutritious, 
but they're also going to be usually a better price too. So when we're Good thinking point. about fueling for the future, we're also yeah. thinking about our pocketbook. Yeah. We want to no, make sure that we... No question. No question. Uh, so you have uh, some nutrition and health-related programs coming up uh, here over the next uh, several weeks, the remaining weeks of March and into April. Tell us about uh, what's going on. Okay. Yes. Um, we are in the midst of planning um, a dining with diabetes class. And mm-hmm. that is a class that was very popular a couple of years ago, of course, pre-pandemic when right. everything was going on. We're having more things in person. But this is a four-week um, kind of intensive nutrition and food class offered for families living with diabetes. And we have it, and it's a two-hour class, 11 to 1, and it's every Monday in April. Okay. And um, it's um, we have like an hour of nutrition, and then we have a food demonstration, and lunch is included as a part of that class. And it's, again, it's for families living with diabetes, and there is um, a cost to that just to pay for the foods and some of those things. But we have scholarships available to, for people that um, are limited income, um, may have a um, hard time paying for that, but it's going to be held at the Agricultural Services Center there in our big conference room. I okay. have um, Julie Russell from the Diabetes Center here in Finley. She's going to co-teach that class with me, and I, I look forward to it. It's been one of those things that's been very successful and very helpful to families in the past here in Finley. So when does that start, and how do people sign up? It starts um, April 3rd, okay. first Monday in April. It runs the four Mondays in April, and they can contact our office. We do have some flyers around town. Several doctor's offices has them. 50 North, we have some over there, but they can call our office and find out about that. The cost of it is $40 a person or $6 for a couple. But again, we have scholarships available to help um, defray those costs. Yeah, you know, and and, uh, this is a great uh, program because for all of the talk when we talk about, uh, you know, uh, fueling for the future and eating the right things and, uh, and so on, For some folks with dietary restrictions, such as uh, diabetes, sometimes they can look at that and say, well, this can be a bit of a challenge. So give you some. Yes. um, People living um, with diabetes, their bodies don't have the ability to handle carbohydrates the same way maybe you and I might. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they do have to manage what they're eating every, you know, every meal that they're that they consume or food that they consume between meals kind of impact how they're feeling, yeah. and how they're uh, managing their You just kind of have to be a little more cognizant about yes, that. Yes, yes. Uh, so some great information there. You also have a spring wellness challenge. Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, what, a series of emails. Yes, and this is motivational a stuff. totally free event um, for program. We've, it's called um, <clears throat> Think Green. It's not just a color. And so it's a six-week program starting also in April, okay. running through earlier May. And um, people who sign up can get a free inf- informational and inspirational email every Monday um, that tackles some topic related to wellness. And then on Wednesday, we'll be offering um, webinars to dig a little bit deeper into the topic of the okay. week. And those are a half an hour over the lunch hour. So it's not something that would take away from someone who's working during the day. Mm-hmm. And then we follow that up Friday with a kind of Friday follow-up email, just kind of encouraging to take that action, you know? So it's one thing to read and, and they go, oh, that's a great idea, but okay, taking that next step. Um, so I was, I helped um, write some of the messages for this and the the message that we focused on was greening up your plate, talking about practical ways to add more fruits and vegetables into our diet. And so we're going to be doing, a, again, a, a, 
a message for that. And then we'll be having a follow-up email or follow-up webinar on Wednesday and then a, a call to action. So it's been a wonderful project to work on. And again, we think about March, we think about green, we think about spring. And again, that, right. the whole, the green was kind of the theme. So we talked about not only just greening up your plate, but we've talked about, you know, Saving green, you know, uh, saving your wallets, you know, uh, financial yeah, well, wellness is, is part of our life. What we were talking Finances about. Finances is one of the, the stresses that, that can affect our health as well as our wealth. So, mm-hmm. um, And can even, uh, just to throw this out there, can even affect our eating habits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're under, oh, yeah. yes. You're under stress. Anybody who's ever binge eat, uh, binge eats when they're under stress uh, knows and, and financial yeah, uh, stress. There, there are so many, things, yeah. Yeah, there are so many parts yeah. of our lives that, that go into our overall wellness. And that's something we try to tackle with the six weeks. And so if people are interested in that, check out our website. They can also um, yeah, go to Hank. Um, OSU, I think you have the website. <laughs> Hancock.osu.edu. We've got the yeah, uh, link up the on morning. our webpage. <laughs> and you know, the other thing is, uh, the timing on this is really good too, because I, again, you think back at the first of the year, New Year's and making all of these uh, grand resolutions, resolutions <laughs> uh, which have probably been forgotten about by now, is a good opportunity to kind of reboot that and, you know. And spring is the time. We all just have yeah. that little burst of energy when you start to see that green, start to feel right. those warm breezes. And it's a great time to really kind of, Harness our, 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 our motivation again and, and get back into some of those plans that we wanted to, to do to better our health this year. So information on the uh, Spring 2023 Wellness Email Challenge, Think Green, it's not just a color. That is uh, up on our webpage as well as uh, more information on the Dining with Diabetes class yes. coming up as well. So, Thank you, Sarah. Good stuff. Yes. Again, uh, Jennifer Little, uh, Family and Consumer Sciences uh, Educator at Hancock County OSU Extension. Thanks very much for dropping by. Thanks for having me, Chris. 20 years of making mornings good mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. A 50-year-old man uh, cited for allegedly driving his Lamborghini at 152 miles an hour in a... 55 mile an hour zone. <laughs> uh, so nearly three times the uh, legal limit. Uh, says he will fight the traffic ticket that he got in uh, Santa Inez Valley. Uh, this is in California. According to the uh, news report here, the challenge is to the infraction he was issued, which followed an original misdemeanor charge after a California Highway Patrol officer pulled him over on Highway 154. Jean Akopayan of La Cañada uh, Flintridge was stopped on November 20th while driving a Lamborghini west on the highway near Meadowvale Road, 152 miles an hour. 152. How do you fight that? I mean, seriously. How do you contest that in court? I wasn't doing 152. I was only doing 150. I mean, can you go into can you go into court with a straight face and say I wasn't doing anywhere near 152. I was doing 140 at best. You know, that's uh, during a court appearance earlier this month, an attorney representing Mr. Akopayan entered a not guilty plea on behalf of his client. Officers had recommended the driver face a uh, more serious charge of uh, reckless endangerment or some such rather than just a speeding infraction. So 
yeah. I I think they have a point. If you go on 152 miles an hour, then it's more than just speeding. You know, it's it really is. Uh, let's see here. Also in uh, California, woman from Oxnard will be sentenced next month after pleading guilty to grand theft charges. Prosecutors in Ventura County say 62-year-old Teresa Robles Boizo accepted a $10,000 check from a man in 2019 after claiming she was a judge. She She admitted she told the victim she could help him with legal services concerning his wife's estate. Nice. The defendant, surprise, surprise, is not a judge. Nor is she licensed to practice law. So you can see the problem here. Uh, furthermore, she provided no, didn't even attempt to provide any legal advice or legal services to the man. She is scheduled to go before a real judge for sentencing on April 11th. I'm guessing that they not going to take too kindly to that. <laughs> Judges didn't generally don't like people impersonating them. He's in trouble. Um, this is a crazy story out of Italy from the international file, the uh, broken news, a 70 year old man had his collection, uh, his art collection, uh, seized, uh, let's see here in Bologna, Italy, his art collection, uh, authorities seized $6.3 million worth of, uh, artworks and other valuables. After a raid at his home, it turns out that all of the items, some 100,000 items, had all been stolen. But here's the crazy part. He did not steal them himself. The man had no criminal record and is accused of buying the goods from pickpocketers and thieves. He did not steal them himself. He did not sell any of the possessions. Italian police have uh, launched a website displaying the valuables in hopes of the rightful owners will come forward. Uh, the uh, collection includes uh, artwork, rings, rare coins, watches, even a mammoth's tooth. The entire lot, 100,000 items worth more than $6.3 million and weighed one and a half tons. One and a half tons of stuff. They took a, a moving company to uh, transport it all out of his home and is I mean, could he can he be totally innocent in this whole thing? I mean he had to know that doesn't he? I mean he would have had to know. But uh apparently he's not being charged or at least he's not he didn't steal it himself. So not sure that that's going to get him off the hook. Wow, crazy stuff. Uh <laughs> uh lottery story. A woman in Michigan um, 30 years old, but her name is withheld from the report. She's anonymous. Woman uh, almost threw a million-dollar scratch-off ticket into the garbage before she realized it was a winner. She purchased two sizzling Hot 7 scratch-off tickets from a store in Ovid, Michigan, because the game was new, and she thought, oh, this will be fun. She, she scratched off the tickets and thought they were both non-winners, she said, so I put them in a bag with some other garbage to throw away. The next day, though, for some reason, she thought, I'd better check those tickets again, and suddenly her heart skipped a beat to find that she had actually won 
a million dollars. She chose to receive the lump sum of 693000 and plans to use the winnings to buy a new home. And, uh... <laughs> that's how people become hoarders, you know, because... <laughs> I always have that. I don't generally play the lottery. I don't know if you play the lottery. I generally don't. Um, but the only time I will play the lottery is like at Christmas time when... Uh, you know, like gift exchange, somebody will toss in a, a ticket or an acquaintance will throw in a ticket with a greeting card or whatever as a lottery ticket. It's kind of a, you know, kind of a gift, quote unquote, a gift. And you see if you uh, if you win. That's about the only time. But I always have that fear because I don't play the lottery all the time. And I'll get one of these tickets as a gift and I'll scratch it off and I'll think it's not a winner and... You know, it'd be a big winner. That's my biggest fear. I'll I'll always check like four or five, six times before <laughs> before I throw them away, and that's why right there. By the way, speaking of uh, lotteries, a Maryland man who just won his second lottery prize is crediting his hairstyle for his good luck. He gives credit to his hairstyle. William da- uh, William Daniels Jr. took home fifty thousand dollars from a scratch off game last week. This is after he won $100,000 back in 2015. He told lottery officials (laughs) that he was wearing his hair long when he scored the first prize. Then he got it cut. He never won again until he started wearing his hair long again. And suddenly, boom, he won a second time. Won another jackpot. (laughs) He said he plans on using the money to pay for his wedding. But he's not getting a haircut. That's... Not not going to get a haircut. All right. If you say so. <clears throat> and finally, in the broken news this morning, odd and unusual side of the uh, headlines from the international file, an Argen- a, a mom in Argentina has confessed that she could not tell her twins apart. This is a story on uh, social media, on Twitter. She confessed she could not tell her twins apart So she took them to the police station to get them fingerprinted. (laughs) It sounded like a good idea. Sounds like a logical thing to do. Here's the problem, though. Uh, It didn't work because the kids' fingerprints weren't in the system. They're they're not criminals. (laughs) So that didn't really help. Sophia Rodriguez says, we still don't know who is who. It seems like even medical professionals were confused as one twin appeared to have been vaccinated twice. <laughs> so I guess this would be a uh, a big deal. I don't I've never had to worry about that because obviously I don't have twins. Um but I've always wondered about that. Parents of twins, especially when they're when they're little, when they're teeny tiny, uh how do you tell them apart? That's got to be uh, tough with identical twins. Uh commenters on the story assured the new mom that uh, uh, once they start speaking, that's you start be able to uh, other uh, parents can commiserate saying that uh, one woman said, I'm my, my sisters got mixed up at some point and ended up with each other's name. (laughs) Since there's almost no difference between them until they start speaking. That seems to be the, (laughs) I just, I love the idea. It was a brilliant idea. Take them to uh, get fingerprinted, but since the prints aren't in the system, you really don't know. 
who is who. The struggle is real. There you go. Uh, that is uh, today's broken news and update of the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. You can help recognize outstanding teachers in Findlay and Hancock County. Nominate a current teacher who made a difference in your life for the Finley Rotary Club's Golden Apple Awards. Place your nomination online at finleyrotary.org. That's finleyrotary.org. Nomination deadline is April 7th. Please promote the work, dedication, and achievements of all teachers by nominating an excellent teacher for the Golden Apple Awards. This message provided by WFIN. Time now for your daily download. The numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives are coming up on vacation season. you got spring break coming up and summer vacations right around the corner and so on. And we've been talking about travel off and on over the past uh, several weeks. Have you ever made a friend, made a new friend, uh, while you're on vacation, met somebody that you really clicked with and connected with and kept in touch with after your vacation is over. A lot of folks have done this. I can't say that I've ever done this. I know my parents uh, did this in their uh, travels. I think it happens more often with retirees than it does with uh, younger people. But if you've ever uh, done that, um, this is kind of interesting. A new survey of 2,000 adults um Finds that 77% are more likely to talk to strangers while they're on vacation. This is why we make friends with people that we never met, people on vacation. 77% of us are more likely to talk to strangers while we're on vacation. And 78% of us in the survey say we wish we could be our vacation selves at home. We just tend to be more open and friendly and all of that. 78% of us wish that we could be more like that in our everyday lives at home. Those who vacation to celebrate special moments like honeymoons or a new job are happier than those who just take vacations to take vacation. The top birthdays to celebrate with a trip are when you turn 25, when you turn 30, and when you turn the big 5-0. (laughs) those in the survey said they felt loved blissful and motivated while on vacation um when are people more likely to splurge uh birthdays and anniversaries occur every year but by choosing a plan choosing to plan trips around specific milestones like a 50th birthday or a 10th anniversary even huge achievements such as a job promotion or graduation can help justify the costs surrounding travel this is according to dana studebaker of alg vacations that commissioned the survey i just thought that was really interesting 78 percent of us wish that we could be our vacation selves even when we're not on vacation something to think about so happening around town it is into the unknown a 47th Silver Blades Ice Classic show is coming up, and Amy Bose is with us from uh, Silver Blades uh, with uh, more information about this event. We were just talking before we went on the air. It's the uh, 48th year, 47th show. Right. So thanks, thanks, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> it throws a monkey wrench in keeping track of all of these things. But 47 years, 48 years, um, just hard to hard to believe it's been that long. 
It is. It is. And the neat thing is you talk to people in Finley and there's still people who don't know that we have our own figure skating club yeah. for the youth in the area. And now uh, tell us a little bit about Silver Blaze. Now you start, uh, what is the what is the season? I mean, do you have a, a quote unquote season? We do. Okay. We do. We actually start um, classes sim- sim- usually early September okay. where they're open up to the public. So if okay. kids want to come and try out skating before putting in the time to join the club, mm-hmm. we offer them a four or five week class so they can come and check it out, see okay. what it's all about. All right. And then our actual season for our club starts in October. And then what is what is involved in a season? I mean, are there, uh, I mean, clearly, you know, training and practice and all of that. Is it all for this or are there competitions? Are there, you know, exhibitions, things that you do, that kind of thing? Yeah, and that's really what has drawn me and my children to the sport of figure skating is it is a team sport, but you really get to do your own individual pace. So there are children who are there because they want the exercise. There are kids who are there because they have really great ambitions of skating in college or maybe even the Olympics. And Mm -hmm. with a sport like figure skating, you can choose your path. So, yes, we train almost year-round. We have individual lessons. We have group lessons. So if you want to, you know, advance a little bit faster than the kids your age, you can take private lessons. If you really like the group atmosphere, we have synchronized skating teams. And those teams will actually go around the tri-state area and we'll compete wow. against other synchro teams. Hmm. Um, we have individual competitions that the kids can be a part of. So really, you can tailor this sport to as much or as little as fits your schedule. You mentioned uh, that there are those and there are those from Silverblades who have gone on to uh, the next level. We talk about any sport playing at the next level uh, in college and there are college figure skating teams absolutely opportunities absolutely we've got quite a few of our skaters um, from finley silverblades that have gone on to skate in college and have ranked very very well as college synchronized skating teams we even have a skater that went on and skated in our nationals wow so we have put a lot of good skaters out into the world that's um, from our that's you know, little be, Finley club. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool to kind of pat yourself on the back and know yeah. that uh, you know folks from our area have gone on to that kind of uh, yeah. success. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, ice show, uh, the Ice Classic Show, forty seventh annual. The theme is into the unknown. What's that all about? It's actually based on literature this year. Every year we pick a new theme to kind of keep things. Alive and different. Mm -hmm. So this year is literature. So Into the Unknown is how we view books. So as children, you pick up that favorite book. Your parent reads that to you every night. Mm -hmm. It's kind of your way of connecting with some new things around you. And then as you grow, you kind of move into the classics and um, just opening up those old crinkly pages, knowing how many people have read this story before you, Mm -hmm. the worn cover, the dog-eared pages, the notes in the columns. So those old literature pieces will be highlighted. And then the second half of our show is going to move on to the newer classics. So um, you have Twilight and Hunger Games, 
things like that that our children are looking at. We Those know things when, that get our kids in, yeah, excited about They're reading. picking yeah. up the book, and they're the first ones to open up that spine. They're the ones that are still smelling that new those yeah. new pages. So yeah. it's a really neat contrast, I think, um, just in that world of literature. And you may have a gray day like this where you want to go home and say, you know what, <laughs> I forgot all about that book. I didn't, you know, I hadn't read that since I was in elementary school. So it may be something you want to go home and pick up. And so we're really hoping to spread literacy. So that's uh, really interesting. How then does that uh, manifest itself, this theme? Uh, you incorporate that into the production of mm-hmm. the Ice Classics show. Yeah, so one of the... One of the books that we're highlighting is Winnie the Pooh. So, you know, our younger kids are going to have costuming and props. Everything is going to be focused around that. All right. Um, We have a Christmas carol. So one of our sets is the fireplace, the wingback chair, and a Christmas tree. Um, Little Women, Romeo and Juliet, 101 Dalmatians. I'm going to let you picture costumes, what that could be for that. (laughs) Okay. Um, Pete the Cat, Harry Potter. Um, Legally Blonde, Pitch Perfect, you're getting into some of the newer ones, Wicked, mm-hmm. Twilight, you know, so it's it's just neat. The costumes, the props, the back wall, everything that we put together for our children in this ice show will tie those themes together. And obviously the kids are at the center of all of this and in the spotlight, but a lot going on behind the scenes in order to make this happen, obviously. There are. We start working on the back wall, our program layouts, all of our advertising and um, props, that kind of costumes and things. We start working on those probably um, November, December, because <laughs> uh, then the kids start their actual show practices in uh, end of January, beginning of so, February. Uh, so you come up with a theme. Uh, are, the, are the skaters uh, involved in, in planning this at all, or is this mostly the coaches who say, okay, this is what we're going to do and this is what the routine is going to look at? How much input do the skaters have, especially once you get into those uh, upper uh, ages? Yeah, actually what we do is we have anyone is allowed to apply to be the show director. Okay. And so the show director will come to the board. They'll have an idea. They'll have a layout of what music they want, an idea of the costumes. Gotcha. What age range they think each one of these themes would go well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we vote as a board on what theme we'd like to see go forward and vote on the show director. Um, And then, yeah, some kids have a say in a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Costumes are pretty much set for all the younger kids. But when you get into features, they'll give you an idea of what they want your feature outfit to look like. But you have a lot of um, input into that. Yeah, I would imagine that the the kids really look forward to this. This is the opportunity to really show off what they've been doing all year. This is their Disney on Ice. Yeah. You know, this is their end-of-year dance recital. This Mm -hmm. is what they get to do that they've worked so hard all year for. This is your state championship. It is. Uh, it is. You know, if you is, will. Yeah. Um, they put in all the work all year to sit in front of their friends and family. And- so if folks want tickets, uh, first of all, give us all of the uh, particulars here, the dates and, and uh, so on. Yeah. Yep. Our show runs the last weekend, March. So March 31st, okay. April 1st, and April 2nd. All right. It's at The Cube here in Finley. Mm-hmm. And um, the first two shows, March 31st and April 1st, those are at 7 p.m. April 2nd is a Sunday. That is at 2. Tickets can be found at finleysilverblades.com on our website and can be purchased online. Or tickets can also be purchased at the door prior to every one of our performances. Okay. Um, And uh, if somebody is uh, interested in joining and learning more 
about uh, Silver Blades uh, because always looking for more. Um, more information on the website with respect to that? There is, yep. At finleysilverblades.com, we do have a layout of what our membership entails, what the costs are involved, the mm-hmm. lessons that your child would receive for that. And then, again, once we get back onto the ice this summer, um, the ice gets melted down right after our show yeah. for some dry events at the Cube, mm-hmm. and then they'll put it back up in May. So we actually run classes in May and June. Okay. So if you're interested in joining our club, those are open to the public. You don't have to be a member. It's a way you can come in, try out our club, see if it's something you enjoy, um, give it five weeks, and then if it's something you like, again, we hold public classes again in September. So you have a lot of opportunities yeah. to try the sport Because I would imagine that there are always some kids that will go to the show with their family and just be, you know, like wide-eyed and this is something I want to do. That is exactly yeah. how we got tied into it i happened to be driving downtown finley one year and i saw a sign at the courtyard and it said ice classics mm-hmm. and it had some dates and i thought i'll take the girls that would be a fun sure. thing to do for a weekend and little did you oh, know little did i know that was in 2008 that was in 2008 so and we have been a part of the club ever since so <laughs> that's this, awesome yep. stuff uh we've got a link up for more information about uh, into the unknown the 47th annual uh, silver blades ice classic show Uh, Just go to goodmornings.net for more information. Uh, It's coming up at the end of the month, and uh, tickets are available now. Amy Bowes with Silver Blades, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage. Go to goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, it's March Madness, baby, as the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament gets underway. We'll break down what the odds makers have to say about the biggest wagering event of the year. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.